Welcome to Touched by Grace, an outreach of Grace for the Nation's Church here in the city of Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information, visit us on the web at gftnc.org. And now, here's Touched by Grace. How many want to make a difference in the world? What does that mean? That means that when you leave, we'll know you've been here. Yeah. When you leave the earth, there will be an imprint that you were here. That's really the only call or charge that we have is to make a difference. I heard one inspirationalist make this statement. There are two very important dates in your life. The day that you were born and the day that you discover why. What does the word of God say about your empowerment? We read it earlier today that in Deuteronomy, we are given all of these blessings if we're obedient to God. And when we're disobedient to God, there are all these curses. That's pretty powerful, which means that I can choose to determine the outcome of my circumstance or my situation by simply either being obedient or disobedient. The word of God says that if you do what God commanded you to do, you will have what God promised you to have. Simple enough, right? We don't always believe that. So how do I become empowered then by what it is that God wants? How do I get empowered? Everyone possesses some level of power. Everybody does. Even the babies in this room, if they all started crying at the same time, we wouldn't be able to handle it. You know, a baby here, baby there, that's not a big deal, right? But all the, see, here they go. They're getting started. If they all started at the same time, what if they all started just expressing themselves at the same time? You don't have to take him out. He's good. He's good. He's good. Because you know what they can do is they, they get, that's power. He's exercising power right now. He's exercising power right now. But the strategy is, come on, let's wield it. Let's, let's, let's volley back and forth as long as we can. What I'm attempting to illustrate to you is that we all have levels of power. We get to determine what we do with them. You have power. You have power to sow. You have power to grow. You have power to make a difference. You have power. We got to know how to use that power. Women, you have power that men don't have. Men, you have power that women don't have. Singles, you got power that married people long lost. Married people, you got double power that single people may not have. So we all have power. Here's another point about power that is supported by word. The desire to improve is a God quality, and if it's pursued, it makes us more like him. It's a God trait to make things better. The reason why I know it to be true is because in the beginning, the earth was created. It says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and then the earth was without form. It was void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. But God's desire to make things better allowed his spirit to move upon the face of the deep and created order. And then God said, let there be light. And there was light. God separated the light from the darkness and the firmament from the water. And he made mountains and he made valleys and he made rivers and he made oceans and he makes seas and he makes streams. He makes deserts. He makes all of these things and he makes it better than what it was. And then he creates all of these creatures and he creates man and puts man and woman in the garden. And he says, have dominion. And you got this beautiful, specific assignment. We blow it. And then he says, no, no problem. I got a plan. I got a plan. I got a plan. I got a plan. But you got to leave the garden, though. And not only do you have to leave the garden, but now you got to go to work. And not only do you have to go to work, but you got to have babies. And not only are you going to have babies, but it's going to hurt. And it's going to hurt because Satan is going to try to bruise your heel and you're going to have to bruise his head. And the battle is on. 
But God says, I got a plan to make it better. I got a plan to make it better. In fact, in due time, Christ died for us. He sent his son. He says, who will go for us and who shall I send? Jesus Christ himself formed in a physical body, in a physical body, came down here and took on the form of flesh to make things better. Would you agree that he made things better? Because if any man or woman is in Christ, they become a new creature and old things are passed away and all things have become new. So God is into the business of making things better. One of the things about us is that when we have the desire to improve or to make things better, we're thinking like God thinks. When we clean up something that's been messed up, we're thinking like God thinks. When we give in an area where there is a need, we're thinking like God thinks. When we do something when there is inaction going on and chaos is all over the place, we're thinking like God thinks. If I walk in a room and there's chaos, I want to bring order and peace. If I see a situation where there's destitute and poverty and impoverishment, I want to be able to make it better. Not so I can walk out of there with a God complex, pop my collar and say I did something. But no, I want to be able to represent the father that somehow redeemed me and brought me into a place where I'm empowered enough now to help somebody else. When you have been delivered, you strengthen your brothers and your sisters. When you have come through, you bring somebody else through. When you find a good spot to worship, you invite somebody else to come and worship. Don't take them from the spot that they're at, but this one's better. No, leave them alone because it's people who have no spot. Go and get those people. And as long as there's an empty seat, there's room. There's room right there. There's room. There's there's room. And so we have a godlike trait inside of us that we're not taking advantage of. We're not. We're not. We're we're not because if things remain the same, then we're not being like God. If things around us continue to be the same, then we're not exercising our God quality. The last one. When things or people are empowered, they fulfill their intended purpose. If you got a lamp and it's just sitting there, it looks nice. It gets dark in the room and the lamp's just sitting there looking nice in the dark. And the lamp sits there and the sun rises, comes through the window, shines, and oh yeah, there's that lamp. It looks very nice. And another night comes and the lamp is just sitting there. And it looks nice in the daylight and in the night. And it just sits there. And you find that it's collecting dust and it looks very nice and it just looks nice. I know it's getting boring, isn't it? Because what happens is that unless somebody plugs that lamp in, put a bulb in it and turn it on, it's just sitting there looking nice. Come on, shake somebody next to you and say, here, let me plug you in, put a bulb in, and turn you on. Because just sitting there, it makes you look nice. But when you fulfill your purpose, you make a difference. You make a difference. You begin to fulfill your intended purpose when you do something. I want to inspire you to think about what you can do other than what you're doing right now. You say, well, I'm already doing The lamp was being a lamp. The lamp was being a lamp, but unless that lamp was producing some light, if we're not producing light, we are like cities that have been, been not the city that's set on the hill or the candle that's been put on the candle stand, but we're like something being hidden under a bushel. 
We've been, we've been called to that. We have been called to make the world around us a better place. In fact, when you show up on your job, the boss should feel like, whew, now we're going to get something done. When you show up in school, the students be like, whew, I got to get, the teachers should be like, I got to be on my game because I got, I, got, I got Johnny in my class. I got to be on my, I heard about Johnny. I heard about Johnny's whole family. In fact, Susie and Johnny, they're brothers and sisters, and we got, we're here because of Susie and Johnny's. That's how they should feel. That's how they should feel. You shouldn't have to apologize for being in a place. In fact, you should be celebrated because you know what your purpose is. I'm not talking about arrogance. I'm not talking about some type of grandiose idea that you're something that you're not. But you should at least speak to the environment and the circumstance and say, I have purpose. I have significance. There is a reason for me being here. And if I can find out what that is, tap into it and exercise it, I can fulfill my purpose. And if I can fulfill my purpose, then I can glorify God. And if I can glorify God, then others might look and glorify my father which is in heaven as well because I have done what he called me to do I have become what he wants me to become I am living the life that he wants me to live I am doing the stuff that he wants me to do I am speaking the words that he wants me to speak I am inspiring the people that he wants me to inspire I am empowering environments and communities that he wants me to empower and I am doing what God put me on the planet to do and there's no devil in hell that can stop me there's no circumstance on the earth that can block me there's no situation that can overcome and overtake me. There is no circumstance that I'm going to yield to because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And when I think like that, when I think on a roll like that, it just, it makes my blood boil. It causes something to bubble up on the inside of me and say, well, where do I start? Where do I start? Where do I start? Come on, stand with me. You start right here and you start right now. You stand right here, you start right here, and you start right now. Because you can hear good message after good message after good message, but you're going to stumble upon a Jabez moment. You're going to stumble upon a moment, and God's going to be like, well, what you need? And you can say, make, make my life better. Enlarge my territory. Increase, increase the boundaries of my capacity. That's what that says. God has enlarged some of our territories. He's increased some of our capacity to where, you know, I don't sleep like I used to sleep in church. <laughs> the places I used to go in my mind, I don't go no more. Let me ask this question and pose this to you. If you knew that you could not fail and that every situation regarding this particular task was well at hand what would you do if you knew that you could not fail in a situation would you attempt it or would you talk yourself out of it I don't have the ability to convince you but just just think for a moment that you can't fail at being what God called you to be. Now, you could try to be something else and you might fail, but you could never fail at doing what God told you to do because God's the one who told you to do it. You could never fail at being what he designed only you to be because there's nobody else that could fit that 
mode. There is nobody else that can be what he called you to be, do what he's called you to do, make the difference that he's called you to make. Nobody else can do it. Do you know some of the most detrimental words for you to speak out of your mouth is to show yourself to somebody and go, you don't need me, do you? You, you didn't need me to do anything for you, did you? Because <laughs> even if you did, now that I said you didn't need me, you got second thoughts. <laughs> Maybe I don't. Maybe you are insignificant. Maybe you don't matter. Maybe next time you won't even show up. Huh. The enemy has sold us something. Don't ever question your existence. Never question why God, why am I here? Why am I here? Because it's not yours to choose, first of all. <laughs> and if you ask why you're here, then be prepared for the answer because God will show you. He'll tell you. Oh, yeah, circumstances will line themselves up. To where, why do I keep finding myself here? That might be why you're here. <laughs> you say, but I don't like it. I don't like it. Well, then work yourself into something else. I don't like them calling me that. I want them to call me something else. Jabez said, you can call me what you want to call me, God. Tell you what, they calling you loser and you calling on God. They calling you another statistic and you calling on God. God, remove evil from me so I can break this cycle in my family. Hmm. I'm breaking this curse. I'm breaking the cycle in my family. I'm breaking poverty. I'm breaking all of this illegitimacy. I'm breaking these things. Aren't you a so-and-so? You can call me what you want to call me, but God's got a plan for my life now, and this is how you do it. You've been listening to Touched by Grace, an outreach of Grace for the Nation's Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information, log on to our website, gftnc.org. Or call us, 616-974-9128. Our mission here at Grace for the Nations Church is to reach the diverse people of the world by teaching biblical principles and life application of the scripture. Despite the present-day challenges facing individuals, families, and our communities, we believe there is hope.